0: Today on The Breakdown, there's three tables left at the 2018 Aussie Millions main event. And Aaron Lim and Bo Palmer are gonna play a pot. It's a meaningful pot, it's a crazy pot, it's a weird pot. We're gonna take it all apart right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs>
1: It is a weird pot, and it's one of those pots where I think a huge factor is sizing, Yeah. which other than some of the crazy stuff that can happen at the table, like Tony G and Phil Helmuth, I think sizing is the most interesting part of No Limit Hold'em, mm-hmm. and it creates so many strange dynamics, and so many, it gives you so many options, almost infinite options, you know, which is, and I think Aaron Lim, who does some strange sizing, uh, puts himself in weird spots by doing so.
0: Yeah. Now, he and, should be used to that if he's going to do strange sizing. Yes. But. Let's see what happens. Yes. That's what I'm going to say to that.
1: Let's just see what happens. This hand was suggested by Daniel Boston on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Daniel Boston. I don't know if you're from Boston, but you should be. It should be illegal for you to have that last name. He's
0: probably Boston Strong.
1: Okay. I mean, who's
0: not? Is he strong? I don't know. If he's strong, then he's automatically Boston Strong? I guess so. That makes sense. This is
1: borderline offensive. Yeah. Congratulations, love. You did it again. Yeah. Well done. Sorry.
0: Well done, Lovey. I did it again.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, if you have a hand to suggest for the breakdown, use Twitter. We are two poker guys on Twitter, the number two poker guys. Include a YouTube link and a timestamp. Do it. Do it correctly. I like that.
0: How you encourage them.
1: You got anything else to say before we get going? Nah. Eh. Wow. Right to the hand. How long has it been?
0: Uh, never. never not, it's like a minute in, right? Can We're we just talking about like jelly beans or something. Don't worry about it. We've, we are now eating up time that is not getting to the hand. It's All right, perfect. great. I feel better already. Yeah.
1: Okay, so as Jonathan said in the opening, it's pretty late in the tournament. People are getting excited about the money they might win.
0: Yep. They've all locked up, what, uh, 20K or something like that?
1: 25, 30, something yeah. like that. Um, so this hand is going to start with Aaron Lim in the hijack. He's got a big stack because we're at 6K, 12K, and he's got 900K. Mm-hmm. So he's feeling real good with three tables left in one of the biggest yeah. events on the poker calendar. Yeah. Um, he has ace king offsuit, ace of diamonds, king of clubs. He's going to raise, makes it 28 K, uh, folds to Bo Palmer who has multiple earrings and looks super
0: cool. He's in the big blind. <laughs> I mean, um, really doesn't like this guy. just based on how he looks.
1: Yeah. I just, something about him just irks me. Yeah. He looks very like mean broy or something like that. I don't know exactly how to put it. See,
0: maybe he's the nicest guy in the world. You were saying what I was saying was offensive, but you are judging someone just on how they look. I'm just pointing See, that out. I'm just pointing that out. In some in some countries, that's illegal. Is
1: that true? Sure. <laughs> you know... <laughs> sure, why not? You know, he just looks like an archetype of the type of person I've seen before. Yeah. And they tend to be kind of mean. That's
0: that's okay. my... So you story. don't like mean people now? I don't think they're as good as nice people. Hmm. You disagree? I'm just taking in your, your viewpoints. I don't want to sway you one way or the other. Anyway, Bo Palmer in the big blind
1: has 580,000 in front of him. Okay. And he's got queen of spades, jack of clubs. Clearly a defending hand. He's pretty deep here. Yeah. He's almost 50 blinds. He calls. How much did Lim make this? The 28k. Okay. Um so the pot is 74,000 and the flop is immediately somewhat polarizing. It's 994 rainbow. Spades, clubs and hearts. Yes. Palmer checks. Yes. It would be an interesting spot for a lead, don't you think? It's a
0: reasonable if, spot for a lead. You, the problem is you're not going to fold out any showdownable hands for a while. Like, r- never r- on the flop, right? Right.
1: It's going to have to be a multi-street plan, but you have a clear range advantage. And if you were a good player against another good player, assuming that player has some checkbacks in their range, you'd want to make sure you get a bet in, you know, mm-hmm. like some of the time. I'm not saying it's going to happen every time you have a nine that you're going to lead. But yeah, I, I think it's an interesting idea. I agree. Usually, we don't think about leading heads up, but when there's a clear range advantage, interesting time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Palmer checks, which is fine. And now is when the weird sizing starts. Mm. We've got 74K in the pot. Lim has Ace King. Now, usually, if I'm in this spot, I'm going to check back. What about you, Jonathan?
0: I'm often going to check back just because of the range advantage stuff that you were talking about. Like, I'm very comfortable playing that hand, you know, on the turn and. The guy checks again, I may bet, I may not. And if the guy bets, I'm often gonna call depending on the turn and you know.
1: Right. And whatever. not not only do we have a range advantage, but we have pretty strong showdown value with Ace King. So mm-hmm. getting check raised is a bit of a poopy thing.
0: Oh yeah. I mean the problem with getting check raised is this isn't one of the hands you're gonna call down with. No. You're gonna give up probably very quickly. You have near the bottom of your showdown value, but you
1: do have showdown value.
0: I mean, you're allowed to bet call and then hope they shut down immediately. That's about it. Like, if they check raise you and then they bet the turn, you mostly have to fold unless they're crazy bluffy.
1: Right. Well, Lim's going to bet, and I think, I I guess I'm trying to imagine the reasons for his sizing here. Mm -hmm. Because he bets 15K into 74K. Yeah. Immediately, it makes me think he's just trying to protect against random cards coming because the big blind range, this day and age, is
0: quite infinite. I feel like he's already trying to get to showdown as quickly and as cheaply as possible. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know... I, I know he's in position. Was, sure. But like, but, like, he's got two more streets to go. So, by betting here, that's one less street, and he barely costs him anything to get to the next street. He gets to keep the initiative and pick the size for the next street, too, most of the time, Assuming right?
1: he doesn't get raised, that is. Of,
0: well, if he gets raised, he may just give up or call. He's also betting so little that if he gets raised, he could decide to call. It wouldn't a raise often won't be that much, right? Well,
1: people don't have to size their raise based on your bet size. They can do it based on the pot. That's true. But, which is what
0: I would do. Okay. But even so... The pot's going to have 90,000 in it when the guy raises. So what's the guy going to raise to? If, what if he makes it 80K? That's a pretty big raise on that board. Okay,
1: if he makes it 75, you're just going to call down with Ace King?
0: That's also a pretty big raise on that board. He 75 it, and 80 are almost the same if amount. If he makes it 60, you're just going to call down? I'm not saying it, we're going to do any of this, but by the way, he doesn't, may not even make it 60, but he might. Certainly, he might make it 50. You might not call it down, but you might call once, is what I'm saying. You might. There's no way I'm going to call down. <laughs> <laughs> but Jonathan Lovey loves calling Not like that Not not Jonathan no likes, likes to have top pair At least when no he calls No like this No huh? like
1: this Matrix
0: 1988 It's not That, that accent is way off No it's, like this it's, it's It's an American woman I think who says that Absolutely not Really Bet Who do you think says it? Uh,
1: the blonde haired woman
0: Yeah, Switch Yeah Her name's Switch Okay She's not
1: American You want to bet You take American I take everything else? No I'll take European Simply European
0: Really? Yeah. I don't think you can possibly be right about that. Do you want to bet? I always. Okay, let's do it. Cool. Can we go back to the hand now, though? We'll figure this out later. No!
1: Let's go. All right. All right, so Lim chooses this very small size, 15K to 74K. Yeah. Palmer's getting an incredible price to try to peel a queen or a jack.
0: It seems hard to not call here when you are deep enough like these guys are. Like, if you were short, or then I could see Palmer just saying, all right, I'm not going to put any more chips and, like, whatever. But... He's got like fifty-five blinds, right, or forty-five blinds. He can call a blind and a half, blind and a quarter, right. blind and a third.
1: Maybe he could fold like seven, eight, because sometimes Lim might show up with a hand like tens or eights or something like mm-hmm. that, where we have we're in big trouble. Yeah, like Queen Jack is ahead of a lot of the pairs if it hits, you know, and that that helps.
0: Yep, that's right. We might even be ahead if we hit a Queen or Jack, and sh- you know, and and so does Lim if he could have Queen Ten or Jack Ten. Yeah, that's, that's possible. He opened from the cutoff, right? hijack hijack but still he could have those hands yeah so like even if we you know like we may be dominating him he may not be dominating us of course he can have ace jack and ace queen but and king queen and king jack but okay i think i think we're we're deep enough i think we're really supposed to call do you agree
1: yeah i think we probably are i mean it's such a tiny bet yeah can we let him get away with it i don't think we can let him get away with it
0: we could just decide to raise and say you know what forget calling let's just put some pressure on this guy What's he gonna call down with? He's gonna call down with pocket pairs, and you know, it's gonna be hard to keep calling with pocket pairs, right? We could just say, yeah. I mean, we could fold too. I'm not saying we should always raise, but that's another option, which we haven't talked about. Is we could just say, you know what? Not enough. You wanna bet 15K? Let's see how you like 65. How do you like that? Yeah, buddy. Yeah. How's how that 65 smell? Smells like money. Does it? I don't know. It smells like. Poker chips? What does money smell like? It has kind of a smell. Does it? I mean, different money probably smells differently, right? Yeah. Also, if you like what you did with that money, probably would impact what, what the What you do with the money definitely
1: yeah. impacts the smells.
0: The, uh, the fragrance is going to be really different <laughs> depending on which day you catch me on, you know, with the money.
1: All right. Well, Palmer decides to call, and that seems like a reasonable thing to sure, do.
0: Sure. So you don't even want to talk about that raise idea? You just want to blow right past it? You didn't really even weigh in on it.
1: All right. I think it's an interesting idea, but I think a lot of the time when Lim bets this size, he has an overpair that he's not folding. We're going to have to have a multi-street plan.
0: Fair enough. Now, are we ever going to... If we actually have trip nines, we're going to raise sometimes, right? I think we have to, yeah. So if we have to raise... So we have to have some bluffs, too. This is not a good hand. This is actually not a good candidate for a bluff because we have too much equity. Yeah. And calling is reasonable. So fair enough. Um, But we should probably be raising some of our like absolute trash that we're just going to throw away, right? Six five
1: suiteds, stuff like that. Yeah,
0: I think stuff like that. Maybe even like if we have Queen Seven suited, Queen Six suited something like we have one over card we really aren't supposed to call if we don't yeah. even have a backdoor flush draw, maybe we could raise that instead. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I kinda like the five six suited idea because we do have a backdoor straight draw at least. There's mm. like something good that can happen.
0: Maybe if we have backdoor straight draw backdoor flush draw but no showdown bowl anything. Yeah and uh and we're out of position, we can just raise it sometimes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we have some balance.
1: Right. But Palmer decides the queen and the jack. Both good enough sure. when combined okay. to make this a call. Sounds good to me. Uh, I'm fine with it. You know what else sounds good to me? Yeah. Playing a little poker on Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. Hey, hey. Yeah, that's called the hype voice. Yeah. I'm like uh, Michael Buffer over here. Getting you, crazy. You know, Michael Buffer has $400 million just from copywriting, let's... Am I even allowed to say that on the podcast? Is he going to sue
0: me? <laughs> well, you, may, I don't, you may be allowed to say it, but you're definitely not allowed to say it like, let's get... Oh, you definitely can't do that. Well, you just did it. <laughs> what? Oh, no, it was, an ex- it was just an example.
1: Anyway, a place Michael Buffer <laughs> might go to spend some of, or, you know, gamble with some of his hard-earned money, hard-earned is in quotations, uh, yeah. is Nitrogen Sports Poker Room, because he's probably a sports fan, and they have sports betting, but they also have poker, which is cool as well. Indeed. And uh, every month, at the end of the month, every... It's always on a Sunday... We have a tournament at noon Pacific time. It's a Poker Guys exclusive tournament, meaning you have to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up for Nitrogen to access it. It's a cool tournament, Jonathan.
0: Yes, it is. It's a 0.1 millibit buy-in, which these days is like a dollar. And uh, there's 100 millibits in the prize pool. This is is like $1,000, and there's going to be like 60 people playing. So an insane overlay, 60 people, that means there should be like $60 in the prize pool. They're putting $1,000 in the prize pool because they love you. And is that a joke? I mean, that's crazy. It's not a joke, bro. It's the truth. Okay. It's the truth. I'm a little worried about that. You think we could get in trouble? I don't think so. So probably okay, but I'm not sure anymore. Do we have to like block it out a little bit? Maybe we should. A we'll a, talk about it after. But we'll beep, beep. So over. guys, if there was a beep or anything weird, now you know why. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Anyway, use the link when you sign up for nitrogen. There's also sportsbook, there's casino, there's poker. It's a nice poker site, easy to sign up for. It's good stuff. It's Bitcoin only. They don't use any internal processing when you withdraw. They yeah. just give you your money at the speed of Bitcoin. It's good
0: stuff. Yeah. Do you think people who make like um baked goods say like let's or like the gymnasts say, like let's get
1: that for sure. That's been said by both of those groups. Yeah,
0: like for somebody, sure. the
1: like the, the goofball of the group has said that.
0: <laughs> I would definitely say that. Yeah,
1: you're the goofball. Yeah. No, anyway, so nobody takes you poker. seriously.
0: Nitrogen Sports Poker. No one takes me seriously. <laughs> uh, they got great poker, sports betting, and all the rest. It's Bitcoin only. Lightning fast withdrawals and transactions. Get in on it. Don't get lost in the spaghetti. That's what they and say. Nitrogen sports poker. <laughs> nitrogen sports poker. We have oregano. Nice. Yeah. Oregano
1: is a nice spice. Is it? Oh, it enhances it?
0: many a dish. Oh, well, thanks for weighing in. I'm looking forward to the rest of this podcast now. I'm glad you are because we're <laughs> going to get back to the poker. Oh, okay.
1: So we've got the 994 Spade Club heart flop with a check call of the tiny 15K bet with ace king from Lim Palmer had called with queen jack off. Nobody's got any sort of flush draw thing going on. The pot is 104,000 going to the turn, which is the nine of diamonds. Okay. Brings a third nine. Palmer checks again. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where things start getting kind of weird. Lim's going to bet again. Yeah. Categorically, this is, again, something I would, I think, never do. <laughs>
0: um,
1: he also chooses to bet 25K
0: into 104. It's pretty small.
1: It's very small. So, what do you make of this bet?
0: Okay. So I don't think we're trying to bluff out better hands. I don't think we could, we could reasonably think we're going to fold out a four by betting 25K. Or pocket, guy, maybe pocket deuces. Maybe we could fold out pocket deuces. I mean, we have very few fours in our in our range, so like pocket deuces and a four from his point of view are very, almost the same thing. We can have, I guess, ace-four suited or something, but yeah. we, have, we don't have that much, you know? Uh, maybe pocket deuces do it as a distribution thing and find a fold, but like yeah. there's very few hands that we're going to fold out that are better than ace-king. So... The only thing I can think of is actually I got two things. One is maybe we can charge worse aces that can decide to call us, and maybe this is another way to get to showdown super cheap. Like we bet how much we bet on the flop? Twelve k, fifteen k, fifteen k. Now we're betting twenty five. It's not the same as checking, but we'll put in less than three and a half blinds, and we're going to be able to check back the river and not have been to put ourselves to a tough decision with with ace king high. And you know if we feel if we check this as Aaron Lim, we're going to get. The guy may bluff a lot, or, or we're just going to find a fold or something like that.
1: I mean, I'd rather just be in the spot where I get to
0: he either checks
1: the river and I check back, and I'm fine with my showdown value, or yeah. he bets the river and I figure it out. like, yeah. I prefer that spot.
0: Right. I think he's trying to avoid that to some degree, or he's trying to get value out of worst aces. Yeah. I don't know. I, I prefer- mean, Orsaces is going to call.
1: Maybe this cheap. Maybe Do you find yourself ever betting here? Or
0: would you check? I cannot imagine betting twice. Right. I might have bet the flop. I might have bet the turn. Never would I bet twice. Yeah. Actually, I could see myself more likely checking the flop, betting the turn. Yep. I was thinking that just as you said that because like he's going to bet all full houses on the turn, right? Yeah. Pretty much. So we bet, and if he calls, cool. We'll check back the river, and if he doesn't, good. We deny equity.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And so the sizing is is making things weird, right? Because like, what is he trying to say with the sizing to Palmer?
0: I am not sure cuz like if we if we as lim had aces yeah we would bet would we bet i don't know would we bet the flop and turn with aces i don't know we would bet once but i don't know if we'd bet twice i wouldn't bet twice with aces no, personally, probably cuz i don't want to put myself in a horrible position where it's game theory disasterville you know yeah Like, I don't know. If we feel like this guy can have pocket pairs, which I guess he can. He can have small pocket pairs. Maybe he's just going to call twice and we want to get value. But is he going to call three times with with pocket fives? If not, then why don't we just check one of these two streets with aces and get value on the river, right? Yeah, I mean, like... It's so much easier to check one of these streets with aces cuz if he bets we can call and if he checks we can bet and it's easy instead of hard, you know. Jonathan, I want to ask you, are you
1: aware that Lim raised preflop, bet the flop and bet the turn and somehow with that line his turn bet is smaller than his preflop raise? <laughs>
0: that is so insane. Yeah. I'm not aware of that ever happening. Yeah. Except like when you play like in the super, you know, like the the a, a small like a $150 tournament. And, like, it's level two, and the old guy, like, min bets twice, you know, yeah. after he had raised because he has no clue what's going on. Right. <laughs> like, that's it. So, like, a guy who's, like, 30 left in, or 25 left or whatever in the Aussie millions, no. I, I can't believe that that actually happened.
1: It's very strange. I mean, and maybe this has to do with some holistic strategy that Lim has. Maybe I hope he's so. Maybe consistently betting small on all streets pretty much always putting it back on his opponent to make a decision and he knows how to navigate the situations because he's put himself in that situation I mean, countless times. That's
0: fair. And maybe you are. Maybe if you're limb, you, you feel like this guy's bluffy and you're trying to almost encourage him to make a play at you. You're trying to induce a bit here with these baby bets because you might induce with baby bets here, right? Guess what? So, what? He does. Hey, how did I know that? It's crazy. It's like I knew the hand already.
1: He actually does induce. And yeah. that truly may be his intent, or at least part of his intent. Mm-hmm. Part of his intent is... Let's talk about this bet from the good perspective. Okay. Like, what's good about it? Uh, there is a definitely potential for equity denial. Like, yeah. now there might be, even though it's a tiny bet, we're only betting a quarter of the pot, Palmer still might fold a bunch of his hands that have, like, uh, six outs. You know, the six-out hands. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, yeah. absolutely.
1: Right, like Queen Jack, hands like that. I
0: don't um, think, yeah, I don't think he's supposed to call again with Queen Jack.
1: Right, so there's equity denial. And sometimes, because the sizing is so small, a lot of players are going to read into that as weak and also kind of feel like, screw you you can't do that Like you can't bet 25k on the turn you piece of poop it's not allowed right like i raise and then ace king is unless the raise is absurd a little bit too good to fold at that point probably based on that metagame scenario
0: well especially with this board so it's interesting that palmer decides to raise here mainly because there's only one thing palmer's repping and it's quads When he raises. Yeah, because... He's never raising a four. And he's not going to raise like two tens, right? No chance. He's just
1: chasing away all the worst hands ostensibly.
0: There's no chance he's raising two tens when... First of all, Lim is uncapped. Lim can have quads himself. Yeah. But he has all the overpairs. Right. He has more overpairs than we do. There's no way we're raising two tens. We're calling with two tens, and we're kind of hoping it goes check-check on the river because then we usually win. In fact, we always win pretty
1: much. Maybe that's why Lim feels like he can bet the turn because Palmer can only... He's, like, trying to get to the cheap showdown like you're talking about so it can go check-check on the river a lot. Um, And at the same time, Palmer can only raise quads or a bluff. He doesn't Mm. have any other
0: value. I mean, if Palmer's only raising quads or a bluff, he probably has more bluffs than quads unless he's, you know, really not very bluffy.
1: I don't think anybody but, like, Christoph Vogel saying is that balanced, you know? Like, like. Everybody has more bluffs here than quads. I definitely have more bluffs here than quads when if I ever see this line against me. Mm-hmm. Like and I am deciding to continue with queen yeah. jack. I'm I'm probably going to decide to play it like Palmer a lot of the time. Like how can you bet 25k here? Like you're not allowed to do that.
0: Also sometimes people with quads would not raise. That's true too. They would also be a little they don't want to scare off their action. Like I'm going to check if you got if you have a full house you're going to bet anyway. If you don't have a full house, I don't want to scare you away. Yeah. Like I'm going to try and get value on the river, although it's hard if you check raise the river to, to get the guy to call. But you know, whatever. Like mo- a lot of times, people aren't even going to raise their full house or sorry, their quads anyway. Yeah. By the way, coming back to what you were saying about Palmer's uh, countenance, mm-hmm. he looks like the kind of guy who's going to have a lot of bluffs.
1: He does look bluffy, and that doesn't necessarily mean he is. But
0: it doesn't. But th- we have one data point on him in yeah. terms of how he plays his turn, and he decides to raise this turn with Queen High. He does. So he looks the part, and now he's acting the part.
1: All right. So Palmer is going to raise to 90K. Okay. Repping only quads. The good thing for him is that he called out of the big blind, so he has a lot of quads.
0: Absolutely. He has more nines for sure. They both have a fair amount of nines, but he's got more nines, because he can have some weird nines. He's he got, like, 9-3 suited He could and
1: stuff. have 9-2 suited. He yeah. has, like, ace 9 through 9-2 nine suited, and probably down
0: to 9-7 off, maybe 9-6 off. I think he has 9-6 off. Yeah. So, 9-6 off, and you're not going to see that in limbs range. Right. He's probably not going to have 9-7 off. He may not have... He probably No, he's in the hijack. He doesn't have 9-8 off. He doesn't have nine ten off, but... But um, Palmer has all those. Teams. Yeah, and that's a, that's a significant amount of combos. No question. Four of each of those. Yeah. And then, yeah, so that's pretty good. It's possible Lim doesn't even have jack nine. Jack nine off probably isn't there either. Yeah. Queen nine off isn't there probably. So that's a good maybe thing about... king nine off. That's like, a
1: good thing about Palmer's race here. He has yeah. a clear range advantage.
0: He has, like, all the offsuit nines, and Lim has basically almost none of them. Except right. maybe ace nine. Yeah. So that's a huge deal. Yeah, it really is. So massive range advantage, you're right. At least yeah. at the very tippy top. Maybe, so, I don't know if it's a range advantage, but... Your, your, your high end is higher.
1: It's hard to say if, uh, if Palmer's doing this raise because of limb sizing or because of the range advantage or because of a combination of both.
0: I got to believe the sizing plays into it.
1: For sure it plays into it.
0: It has to play into
1: yeah, it. Yeah, if Lim bet, like, I don't know, there was 74K going in the flop. If Lim bet 45K and then, you know, 90K or 100K, I don't think it's going to play out like Let's this. Let's
0: say Lim just does more, more typical tournament sizing, though, then if there's 75K and the body bet's 30K. Any sure. bets, seventy-five. And then, yeah, right. So he's spending a little less than half the pop all times. It's like, well, he's got kings, right? Like, yeah. I'm just going to fold because it's it's not a good idea to try and get kings to fold on this board, right? It may work, but that is it's a not high a good variance plan. play
1: at this point in the tournament. And Let's like, just get to the next hand,
0: right? Like he's I'm going to I'm going to try and get this guy to fold, essentially the top of his range. Cool, or I could not do that and keep my stack.
1: Yeah, I mean for sure. The sizing definitely plays into it. Hmm. I'd like to think that if Palmer's playing this well, he does also recognize the range advantage though.
0: Oh, I believe that. Yeah. No, I'm sure I would believe he he really does recognize that. But again, he actually doesn't have a range advantage. I think he just has a quads um, advantage. Yeah, like a polarized range advantage. Like like because he doesn't have aces, he doesn't have kings, he doesn't have queens.
1: Once he raises, he immediately has a range advantage because he's only raising with quads for value and
0: we know Lim doesn't have many quads. I don't know that I agree with you because when, when you're saying he has he, raising doesn't give him more of a range advantage, right? Uh, it does if Lim calls. I
1: think why because he still has all the quads and Lim still has few of them.
0: Okay, that's not a range advantage though. That's just part of his range. The range is how his whole his, oh, the equity of of Lim's range is better than the equity of Palmer's range, even if Palmer has more quads. Is what I'm going to argue. Okay, that may be true. That's that's all I'm saying. What I'm saying, range versus yeah. Range versus range, you'd rather have Lim's range than Palmer's range right now.
1: I don't know. Once a raise goes in, it like, everything is bluff catching. That's not quads. Of course. Yeah. Of course.
0: But we just said that Palmer has all these bluffs. Yeah, he does. And guess who has no bluffs? Lim. Lim. Lim actually has something. So well, Lim has got... if he calls. <laughs> but, well, all right. Of course. But, like, fair enough, right? If he throws his hand away right now. But but if he calls the raise or if he does some, anything else, like, he's got a clear range advantage if he calls, right?
1: All right. So, as Lim, we've talked about this already when we were talking about the bet. We're kind of forced to call here when we size it like this, right? I mean, we're not forced to. Right. We but absolutely can fold. It feels a little silly to fold when we size it like this. It
0: does feel a little silly. And he silly. can
1: only have quads for value. Yeah. So.
0: The thing is, if you can only have quads for value, that means we just feel like, well, he just doesn't have it enough. We're going to call. But we do set up, like, now we're going to have to call a river bets sometimes. I mean, we're hoping yeah. he's going to shut down.
1: But we for sure expect to call some river bets. Yeah. Like, that's part of the plan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, if he makes a 40% pot on the river, 50%, 60% pot on the river, we're going to have to call a lot of the time, right? That's 100% the plan. Yeah.
1: You know what else the plan is, Jonathan? Tell me. To go out there and get some Dash Digital Cash.
0: Tell me about that.
1: Well, it's a cryptocurrency, and the reason you might want to get it is because it's an actual usable cryptocurrency, which, you know, is not true for all cryptocurrencies. But for Dash, it is, because it has two key features that make it really nice for transacting. One instantaneous transactions, and by that I mean one to four seconds.
0: Yeah. That's insanely fast. Insanely fast. Faster than a credit card. You gots to check it out. It's amazing.
1: You know what else it has over a credit card besides being faster than a credit card? Hmm. It's a lot cheaper than a credit card. It's like a cent to transact.
0: So, from the consumer's point of view, you say, well, my credit card doesn't cost me anything. In fact, I get points. But actually, you're paying 3% more. Like, everyone charges 3% more because the merchants have to, you know, the merchants pay the credit card companies 3%. Of, their, of all the purchases with yeah. credit cards. So it means everything costs 3% more than it essentially would. Right. So even all your points and all that, that's cool. And I like getting points, too, and free travel and all that. But all that stuff is way less than the 3% you're paying. So Dash, like, if we get into a place where merchants are charging different amounts, it's like when you go to the gas station and there's a different amount for right. cash versus credit card, right? That's the same idea. Like, Dash would be like cash, right this way right and so you'd pay less and
1: that's why it's called digital cash perhaps that is right yeah um maybe so and and those reasons make us think that dash is one of the most likely cryptocurrency to be truly adopted as a currency mm. it has a ton of other interesting features we've made a video about that um, yes it's on the dash poker guys channel it just has one video on it it well, features
0: there's gonna be a link in the description of this podcast with that video there
1: will be that but you yeah and it, the video just explains Dash, explains cryptocurrency a little bit. It's pretty interesting, informative video, video, we think.
0: Grant also gets to talk about his jiu-jitsu championships. Yeah, which is a true story for sure. Yeah,
1: um, There's also exciting things going on with the poker guys and Dash. We're doing Dash giveaways
0: out oh the wazoo. Gosh, it is insane, people. Just last
1: week, we gave away one full dash
0: which is about six hundred dollars as the time of this recording anyway
1: yeah yeah which is crazy we just gave it away with no obligation we're doing it at the same time through a poker time contest for poker yes. time viewers and that's not the end of it follow us on twitter we're gonna keep giving it
0: away yeah it's this is like a significant amount of money and it basically takes Less than a minute or... Like, you just have to download a Dash wallet onto your phone, which takes no time and costs you no money and is fine, and then you just take that receive address and you tweet it at us. Oh, and you have to retweet the tweet. That's it. It's like, boom, 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 you're done. Yeah. And you're in, and we're going to pay out. Next month's going to be exciting. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Stay tuned. That's all I'm going to say. It's really, there's, there's like serious money that the Poker Guys are suddenly giving away. Things have changed at Poker Guys yeah. Central is all I'm saying. We're not
1: like, used to giving it away, but I guess oh, that's what we're doing now. It's
0: weird... It's a little alien, but it's pretty exciting.
1: It's like, um, what's his name versus Romanello? One of our first videos, giving it
0: away. That's right. Yeah, that guy, the blonde dude. Yeah, he had some sort of tell that was like a million super obvious. Yeah, yeah. So we're that guy. Yep. I'm gonna call him Greg. Okay, Greg. (laughs) Greg.
1: Anyway, let's get to the river because things have gotten a bit tricky. Lim, Lim, of course, calls with his ace king. I don't know if you even said that. I don't know, but. He calls. Yeah, he calls, or else
0: this wouldn't have been a breakdown. That's why we're talking about all this stuff. Yeah, he, either he had to raise or call, otherwise this is not an interesting hit.
1: Yeah, of course. And the pot got pretty big now, which is kind of what Lim was trying to avoid. <laughs> but here yeah. we are. The pot's 284,000, and the river is the king of hearts. I mean, that's a pretty good card for Lim. Yeah, Lim makes a full house, but if Palmer is a capable, good player and has reasonable check-raising ranges that
0: make sense, it shouldn't really matter, right? Right, it shouldn't really matter unless unless Palmer's taking a hand like two deuces and turning that into a bluff,
1: right? Or or protection slash bluff type thing, right? Yeah. So
0: there's there's ways it could matter, but it shouldn't really
1: matter. It matters a little bit because of all the funky stuff that could be happening here, mm-hmm. but it's it shouldn't matter versus the value range that Palmer is saying he has.
0: Here's how it does matter though for Lim. It changes where we fall into our distribution pretty dramatically. It does. It does. And it, it also makes us know that
1: none of Palmer's bluffs got there to beat us.
0: Right. That's right. Like a, not, the thing is, I would guess if Palmer had improved on the river to a full house, if he was bluffing, yeah. that he would almost never bet that. Right. Once we called the check raise, he would check. Unless, unless we, he was sharing the ace or the king with us and okay. hit that, then, he, then he might bet that. Like, well, the ace for sure, right? And yeah. then the king um, probably... Because actually, he'd probably bet it because he feels like aces are going to bet if he checks yeah. it anyway, right? So he's going to call a bet, whatever. He can bet it himself and maybe size a little smaller and get called by worse hands and things like that. Yeah, okay. Right. But so, yeah, but so, that, so that's nice. Yeah. Well, it's
1: going to be hard for Palmer to pull this one off now if he's going to continue yes. betting, right? Yes. I mean, what's, the, what's in the pot? There's 284K in the pot. It's a 994 flop, nine on the turn, and a king on the river. We've got Limb with ace-king, and Palmer with Queen Jack for
0: bupkis. And Palmer's the effective stack with like 400 and something? 459, okay. 284 in the pot. So
1: okay. I imagine any normal bet is just going to get snap called and like hope, hope we're good.
0: I mean, a normal bet's like 150K, give or take. That's a Yeah. And yeah, we're going to have to call that. Right. We as, absolutely have to call. As Lynn So that must mean, since this is a breakdown hand, that this is not a normal bet that's coming.
1: You got it right, Levy. Yes. Ding, ding, freaking ding. I did it again. You hit the big old Wheel of Fortune number. What's the biggest number on the wheel? Ten thousand? Is that something?
0: Yeah, I think so. That's pretty good. Sometimes they have a vacation on there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know what you know what they say when I Sometimes come Sometimes it's
1: a car. To... Yeah, it's true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh game theory optimal play on Wheel of Fortune is pretty interesting. We made a video on it. <laughs> Check it out on Poker Guy's Wheel of Fortune.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Six subscribers. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's going somewhere that it has a lot
1: channel. to do with the speed with which you spin the wheel. That's definitely the game theory aspect. Well, yeah. R S T L N E, give me a break. Well,
0: you know what I'm saying? Absurd, obviously. That's yeah.
1: actually the title of our next Wheel of Fortune video. R S T L N E, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about V and L. Nice. Oh, wait, L is already in there. A. A. A is the one. Yeah. Best foul. This is very
0: convincing. Yeah.
1: It's also good podcast. Uh, all right. So Palmer's going to do something that makes it a little harder for Lim to decide to call. He's going right. to move it all in.
0: Yeah. Now, I got to say, if you had quad nines, you check raised and got called, you might just move in on this river.
1: You might, you might be like, this is a great opportunity. I could become one of the chip leaders in this tournament, give myself a great chance to win if I can get called by aces or kings, or like kings full is going to have to call us, right? Well, although it should be the same as ace king,
0: it should be the same. But again, you might you might pick distribution wise yeah. where kings full is like, well, I have the second best, I have the second nuts, right? Yes. I mean, like I'm calling, right? Um, the thing is, the only problem with this king is like you might actually lose queens and jacks and things like that, but it's okay to go for it big here. Like I don't know if you, if you would
1: lose queens and jacks versus anything else. I mean, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't
0: matter. Yeah. But still, you know, you look I mean, at if, it, if Palmer was bluffing
1: it. and then he hit a king, I guess there
0: is that option but for But he might team. not move in. He wouldn't move in if he, if he was doing that. He'd bet a normal amount. You wouldn't think
1: so because he'd be worried about aces.
0: So, so actually, I like the sizing because if he had quads, he really might move in. And then that also gives us the, the most fold equity we can have. Like right. fold your two tens, buddy. Go away with your two jacks. Like, please go away now.
1: If it wasn't clear that Palmer was repping quads before, it is definitely clear now.
0: Yeah. It was clear before, I think. But yes, it is impossible for him to have any value but quads, one would think.
1: Right. Okay. So now what's going through our minds is Lim once this happens. And we're like, well, that is a lot of chips.
0: Yeah. It's weird because, so we called the check raise. I have to believe we were planning on calling a normal bet on the river. Absolutely, we were. We improved. Which shouldn't matter, but yeah. But it's nice. Just in case
1: something weird's going on. In case Palmer's playing jacks like this because he's he's no, bad. You know, different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, what's going through my mind is like, well, it seems impossible to fold now. <laughs> that would be my first thought is like, he can have quads, but he can only have quads. I Here's the other thing that should be going through his mind. I sized it so small on the flop and turn. This is the kind of play people are going to make against me, especially guys with like three earrings in there, you know, and like yeah. all cool and coiffed and think they're the, the, you know, the bee's knees like this guy clearly does. I think it makes it a lot harder to fold than if it was like the old guy who just check raised and then shoved on the river. And then you're like my kingdom, that king means nothing. Although I wouldn't have called the check raise against the old guy anyway. Right. Like on the turn, we would just would sort have of folded against the guy who's likely to have it. We thought this guy isn't likely to have it. That's why we called the turn. All that said, we now have a new data point.
1: We have a new data point. He moved in. He's repping only quads and adjusted the math in my head. Go. Uh, Palmer has 36 combos of quads by our calculations. That's a lot. That's a lot of combos of
0: quads. But how many combos of bluffs does he have? That's an impossible calculation. If we think he's bluffy and he think he's going to attack our sizing, some of the time he has way more combos of bluffs. But
1: he's not giving himself a great bluffing price at the same time. Like If he has any GTO in him... Betting twice the pot, he's supposed to have more value than bluffs.
0: Okay, that's fine. But the other way to look at it is he, once he check raises and gets called, he understands that a normal bet is not going to get through on the river. Yeah. So who cares about price if we're trying, if we either have to give up or we have to shove. Yeah. Which I, mean, I think is correct. So I, I actually, I like that Palmer, once he's decided to take this line, has the, I don't know if even I want to say has the heart to follow through because it's very reasonable to give up.
1: Has the wherewithal to know that this is the size he has to make it. That's
0: exactly right. Yeah. When he decides, when he decides to continue on the river, that he really should be shipping because he would probably be shipping quads. I like that a lot. Yeah,
1: I think it's a good play if we're going to play this as a bluff, obviously, and it's it's an extremely high variance play. Oh my gosh, it seems like a strange hand as a bluff candidate. Yeah, but nonetheless, it is a good representation of quads. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if you are palmer and we said so what are you targeting to fold after the guy just called your check raise on the turn i think he would say like two eights yeah maybe two tens two jacks right but not aces not kings not stuff like that
1: not like not things that are that good you might not think ace king is there once he gets called on the turn right
0: that's why yeah two eights but two eights is probably there right yeah
1: Uh, yeah palmer probably thinks he's he's up against a pocket pair most of the time Mm -hmm. and that the king is not a good card for that hand
0: yeah, he may actually feel like maybe I get a little more fold equity yeah. with this. Although, again, he shouldn't. He shouldn't,
1: but it might work that way.
0: Although, maybe also, he may be just good enough to understand he's only repping quads and none of it matters. Yeah. But who can say?
1: And, I mean, if our calculations are correct, repping quads when you have 36 potential combos of quads is a good time to rep quads. That's fair.
0: That's fair. But if you if you didn't... I just keep coming back to the sizing thing, which feels like it is such a factor. It's such a dynamic here, you know? And if, if that's true, then like his bluffs, he has so many combos of bluffs that it just dwarfs the combos of quads. Yeah. If that's, that's
1: true. That is accurate.
0: It's, the thing is this. We don't know how often this guy is going to check raise as a bluff versus check raise for value on the turn. We just don't know.
1: Okay. Uh, rudimentary thought, not completely formed here. As Lim, we did play this hand to call the river on a normal size bet, I think. Yes. Or else we wouldn't have called the turn. Yes. We're expecting bluffs on the river a lot. I think when we see that it's not a normal size bet, that Palmer makes it this big, although his range is still only quads, maybe because we get higher in our distribution by hitting the king, we choose these times to call that size bet. Mm. Whereas we would have folded to that size bet if it was a queen on the river or, or another four or something like that.
0: I mean, I will say this, um, when we're, if we're a limb and we're thinking about the river... Even if Palmer has a lot of bluffs on the turn when he check raises, he's not going to follow through with all of them on the river, right? He's going to give up a lot. Yep. But he's not going to give up with any of the quads. So by the time we get to the river and he's shoved, the combos change from where they were on the turn. Right. Now, I don't know how, it's, we don't know how much they change, but they change.
1: From a pure chippy V perspective, we need Palmer to have approximately 52 combos of bluffs to make it a profitable call.
0: No way. Yeah. No. You said there's 36 combos of value. Yeah. We need less combos of bluffs. Oh, right. We're, I there's, was, there's a pot, too. Yeah, there's a pot, too. <laughs> and, and by the way, it's always 50%. Yeah, it's you're right. half and half, no matter what. <laughs> if there's nothing in the pot, it's 50%, I forgot 50%, about the, right? the pot. Um, um,
1: yeah, so we're getting... Let's see. There's 284 in the pot. He goes for 459. So we're at like 650.
0: No more than seven fifty. Yeah, seven fifty ish.
1: Uh, seven fifty in the pot. We have to call four sixty to win seven fifty.
0: Okay, so it's like around a little less than forty percent, something like that. Yeah, uh, a little very quick guesswork, but something like that. Okay, so
1: so we have to have him have like twenty two combos of bluffs, twenty three combos of bluffs, something like
0: that. Yeah, right. right. That doesn't sound so impossible. It doesn't. If he's an FU type player at all, yeah. That sounds very reasonable. Yeah. And we size it in particular weird ways, right? That seems possible. Okay, good. So at least mathematically, we are in the ballpark here where it's not going to be crazy to call. Yep. That's good. Um, here's the other thing, and this goes back to what you said. This is actually the third best hand we can really show up with when we don't have quads. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. So this is the fourth best hand. This is the fourth nuts. Yep. Right? So, you know, if we're thinking about what hands are we calling with, what hands are we folding... Obviously, we'd never fold quads, but we never. This would not, there's no decision with quads, so we have to go past that. The rest of our distribution, which is obviously pretty big that we get to the river with, if we call the check raise with ace-king, Aces is at the super high end of it, kings, and then ace-king is next. This is at the very, This is near the very top of our distribution. Well, kings at the super high end of it. You're right. Sorry. Kings, ace is ace-king. Yeah. I apologize. You're right. But, but fine. But still, that's, it's the third best hand we can show up with. Yeah. That, that isn't quads. That isn't a snap call. Yeah. And everything, and we have, I guess, all pocket pairs, and I guess we don't have ace-kings anymore, but we probably have ace-queens in yeah. our range, too. They should play the same. Yeah. Maybe even ace-jacks, but maybe not. Um, so just like that alone makes it feel like, so is there much to think about here? Yes, because
1: there's more than just chip EV here yes. that's going on. Let's that's talk right. about the stack sizes. Now, we are not at risk as Lim. We started with 900K. Palmer started with
0: 580K. So we'd be down to three hundred and twenty k essentially.
1: Yeah, we'd be down to under thirty bigs, which is a big swing from being a nine hundred k, and it definitely hurts our chances to final table or win the tournament. How many chips do we have right now? At this very moment,
0: before the four sixty, let's. I guess we can figure that out pretty easily. Yeah. So we started at nine hundred. We'd have what three twenty left? Three twenty plus four sixty. Is that right? It'd be so seven seven eighty. Yeah. Okay. So it's 780 or 320. Wow. Yeah, it's a big difference. It's a huge, huge difference. At the same point, there's another side to this. It goes both ways, right? Of course. This guy may be trying to give us, like, go to the final table, please. Like
1: if we call and win, we have 1.5 million.
0: Yeah. at over 100 blanks. Six, it's 6:12. Yeah. We're probably going to be able to boss the table. We're going to have a really... I mean, we can obviously blow up bad things can happen, but assuming we're a competent tournament player, which I believe this guy is, based on every decision he's made so far, even though his size is really tiny.
1: If we're not Helmuth's friend, you remember that guy from like
0: Yeah, yeah, Mark Kroon. Mark Mark Kroon, Kroon, he was
1: like the chip leader for days, days, but he just kept going
0: nuts all the time. That's how he was the chip leader. Yeah. He just... I remember he did a thing where on the river... Did he even cash? I believe he did cash, but I'm not 100% sure. On the river, in the big pot, which actually knocked him out of that last one, that last main event... uh, he like bet the river after he like three bet and bet, bet, bet or whatever. And the guy moves in with what is clearly the nuts. and Because of the price? Yeah. Like the yeah. guy moves in for like 2,000 more and it's like a 300K pot or something like that yeah. on the river. And Mark Kroon calls with King High just in case. And he explains, I did it just in case if he's bluffing. Yeah. Or like whatever. It's like, well, you should have saved that 2,000. Like, yeah. Because he, obviously he's never bluffing. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, anyway, sorry, not to go off on a tangent. I just still can't believe he did that and justified it that way. I brought it up. So we all I'm make following. mistakes, and but that's a pretty bad one. Mm-hmm. That's just crazy. Anyway, so
1: yeah, there's a couple things. Like, 780k, though, is still like, I can un- I can bust the table with that stack. Yeah. Three, have- 320k, we're like, okay, we're going to have to pick our spots pretty carefully starting now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have 65 blinds left if you fold. Yeah. And if you win, you're going to have 120 blinds, and if you lose, you're going to have under 30. Yeah. Yeah, like 27 blinds. Wow, it's really high variance moment. 27 blinds ain't horrible, but you were in incredible shape a second ago.
1: What's the difference bigger between 65 and 120 blinds or 65 and 27 blinds? What's the difference? Which one is a bigger difference?
0: Well, I mean... As far as, like, playability. Yeah, I was gonna say, you don't mean the actual number. I would say it's probably 65 and 27. Yeah. That said, it depends on style, right? Sure. There's some people who, when they get that 125 blind stack... Are gonna be, are gonna like, it's gonna open up things for them and they're gonna be able to run over the table in ways that they wouldn't have been able to. Mm-hmm. And it places their strength. Some people are really good big stack players, some people aren't, you know? So I think that that's part of it too. I actually don't know. Aaron Lim, who's making these super tiny bet sizes and stuff, maybe he's gonna play a lot of pots and just put like enough pressure on people that he could, I mean, he could be doing that with 65 lines too, in fairness. Yeah, easily you can pressure people with 65. Yeah, lines. no question about it. No question. So maybe that doesn't matter. But this is the kind of thing where you get this stack, you have a final table stack right now. You already have a final table stack. Yeah. That's a big deal. This gives you a great chance to win the tournament. Yeah, it does. I don't know. What do you do? Oh, God, I don't know. I think I call because the king comes.
1: Right. We just decide that if we're going to call this sizing, we'll do it when we improve.
0: Yeah. like We're
1: going to call all the normal bets no matter what. And if he sizes crazy, we'll do it with the good parts of our distribution. And this turned into one of those. Right. We were
0: going to have to fold ace king on the river when the guy shoves. Yes. But I think I would just feel obligated to call because this is the third best hand I, I can really have here. That isn't quads anyway. So, like, whatever. Like, and, and he looks the way he does and I size it the way I did. And I, I would take all that into consideration, too. That feels like that matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he was super tight, I wouldn't be in this spot anyway. Right? right. We called the turn when he check raised with Ace King. We obviously think he's got bluffs. Yep. So I think I would definitely find a call. I would find a call. And I would—I think I'd actually find a call relatively quickly. I'd probably take a minute and be like, you know what? Like, I can think all I want, but I'm going to end up calling. So let's call.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is easy to say, though. Like, I mean, it's a lot of chips. Putting myself in that spot. I don't know what would actually happen mm-hmm. i'd like to say that i would call because of
0: the all the arguments we've made here i mean you know oh. i would call right like- yeah I, I believe you would i believe <laughs> you know you that's would. my thing like i'm not going to fold in that spot
1: no i believe you would yeah. I, it would obviously would depend a lot on my perception of palmer because i've made really nitty folds in a lot of the tournaments i've played in uh, mostly against players who i think are very face-up and obvious yeah um
0: but you, but you just, as played, you just call the check I raise know. with ace-king high. So you obviously, so like, since you got to this point, you obviously do have thoughts about Palmer. You have a very clear opinion about yep. Palmer. That's the thing.
1: Yeah. Well, Lim ultimately folds. He finds yeah. a fold. And Palmer feels real good about that. He would have probably had a real rough walk back to the hotel room if he busted on that hand. Just I He's agree. like, I
0: didn't have to do that. There was no reason <laughs> yeah. at all to do that. Oh, my goodness, what happened? I've
1: definitely had those walks back to the hotel room. We all have.
0: You (laughs) know, where it's like, oh,
1: the next hour is going to suck for sure. I'm just going to have a bad hour.
0: But when those plays work, you walk around feeling like the king of the world. Like, you know, Leo DiCaprio has got his arms around your your waist as you're standing out. Yep. The the wind is blowing in your long, red, flowing hair, and he's going to paint you like one of his French women.
1: Now, is this a good play by Palmer?
0: You just let that go, huh? Yeah. Nothing to say on that. Um, no, I don't think this is a good play. It's just a bit too high variance. I mean,
1: like, we're risking our entire tournament when we started with a normal stack, like a pretty good stack, 580k, to, win, to like, increase our stack a little bit. It's, like, not a huge increase.
0: We just check. We check-raised the turn and got called. Like, yeah. the fact that this guy happened to have ace-king is cool, but, like, he usually has no repair, and, like, he's often going to snap us off on the river. Like, what are we doing? Like, why are you doing this? There's, there's better spots, man. I mean, to be fair
1: though, he is making a good representation of quads. He's just gonna blow up his tournament a lot of the
0: time. Right. I just, I also feel like there's better boards to attack than when you only have quads. Yeah. Like, how about have a, a better value range here than like just quads? He has thirty six combos of it. Cool, but like, if there was only two nines on the board and not three, I like a check raise so much more. Now yeah. we have quads. We have other full houses. We have all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I feel that we have. It just make we have. this. And by the way, we have a lot more combos. Yep. So many more combos. Yep. So like this is like. I don't like this. This worked, but I don't like it. All right. So
1: we don't. You don't like how either player played the hand.
0: I guess not. No, I don't like it. No, I don't like how either player. But I liked certain decisions that both players made for sure. It which shows that they have some sense of what the hell's going on. Right. But no, I don't like how either player played the hand. Interestingly
1: enough, I don't like how either player played the hand either. However, at the same time, this is a bit odd. I have never seen either of these players play before. I don't like how either of them played the hand. I still think they're both good players. Yeah. Which is weird. It's
0: um, it's more likely that Lim is a good player than Palmer, though. Yeah, probably. Because Palmer did a thing that, like, really aggressive players can do, and don't you don't have to necessarily be good. Yeah, Gus Hansen can get, can get away with this. Yeah. Lim did a thing, like, where he bet tiny on the flop, bet tiny on the turn, called the raise with ace-king high. I mean, that's stuff that's, like... He clearly has a plan and is like you know he knows yeah. he understands what's going on in a much in a much in a deep sense to some degree at least maybe Palmer does but I have less evidence of it right but I do like that Palmer pulled the full trigger when he it's a lot
1: better the than the a river. normal size bet I think
0: yeah I mean absolutely yeah I mean we can see that Lim was definitely going to call yep for sure like he has to call a normal size bet when he rivers the king I was mean, going to do it anyway but the king it's like no problem yep yeah would be interesting if a queen came Do you think if you're a palmer you bet the queen or not i think you do
1: i think a jack is a check and a queen is close
0: i think you bet either one because you just bet a normal amount you know you're going to get called by all the better hands which are probably going to bet if you check anyway and you're gonna i guess though you don't have to call that's the thing you could check fold
1: there's yeah because like is lim gonna bet tens if a jack hits the river
0: no so we could actually... Well, I don't know what he's going to do if a jack hits the river because we were saying, like, the king doesn't matter. We could assume the... But actually, but, of course, these things do matter, right? Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. No, he'd probably check back tens just in case. Yeah. Actually, yeah, why is this guy checking? Like, uh-oh, he probably hit a jack. Yeah. Of course, then that's a reason to bet if this guy's going to fold when... It, you know, if he's going to check his top pair and then fold.
1: Well, that's for another podcast. Yeah, of course. Well, let's wrap this one up.
0: Yay! Great. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic. not gonna show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them tongue I'm sipping on liquor a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took him on a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. and am going be traveling the glow. We still have time to make it home.